Welcome to New York's Finest, Retired and Unfiltered Podcast. The mission of this podcast is to explore the life and experiences of those who at one time held a front row ticket to the greatest show on earth, policing the streets of New York City. This show hosts a wide variety of guests from all walks of life and professions, but remains centered around introducing retired members of the NYPD to our audience while having real unfiltered discussions. Please tune in each week and like and subscribe to hear true crime stories and opinions on past and present events like you've never heard them before. General roll call. I would like to dedicate this episode to police officer Russell Tomoshenko. On July 9, 2007, while assigned to and patrolling the NYPD's 71st precinct in the Crown Heights section of Brooklyn, police officer Tim Moshenko and his partner, police officer Herman Yan, conducted a car stop to investigate a possible stolen vehicle. Upon approach of the vehicle, before words were exchanged, both officers were shot. Herman was shot in the chest and saved by his vest. Russell was shot two times and was mortally wounded. Russell succumbed to his injuries five days later. Russell is survived by his parents. Russell had only been a police officer for one year and six months prior to this incident. He was 23 years old. All right, all right, all right. All right, everybody. I got an interesting guest here today. Uh, some of you are going to know him as Leroy Johnson or at Leroy Press on Instagram, where he has 18,000 followers. Others will know him as Viral News New York or at Viral News NYC on Twitter, where he has over 22,000 followers. He's one of my main sources of news. I do not watch mainstream media. I don't have even cable subscription to watch it. Um, I weigh in on many of his posts. For those of you that follow me that follow me, I constantly retweeting his posts. I put my own opinion on top of them. Uh, many of you have seen his videos, whether you know it or not. Mainstream media is constantly using his stuff. Uh, he puts out some of the great content that nobody else is getting. And sometimes they use it with his permission. Sometimes it's without. Um, Leroy is of, of Jewish descent. His parents immigrated here from Israel. He's a lifelong New Yorker from Brooklyn, where he was born and raised. He still resides. Uh, in my opinion, Leroy's a centrist. He's just in pursuit of the truth. I've seen him being accused of both a left-wing and right-wing propagandist, depending on the videos he reports. Uh, but in my opinion, he rarely weighs in on any videos. He just posts them, lets people like me comment on them, my opinion on them. You know, and you, and you got people from all sides weighing in on his videos. You know, he's just reporting the news as far as I could tell. That's why I follow him. He's a real interesting guy. I had a ton of offline conversations with him. Uh, and, you know, he's a kid from Brooklyn, just like me. And he's not afraid to he's not afraid to say it or report it. Um, so, I, you know, that's why I respect him. And, um, you know, you know, it's my honor that he came here and, and to, to present to us, uh, to all of you, I'd like to welcome the great and powerful Leroy Press a.k.a. Viral News New York, a.k.a. Leroy motherfucking Johnson. All right? Welcome. Welcome, my friend. Thank Thanks, you for coming John. on. Thank you. Thanks for that. That's some intro, bro. I appreciate it. Yeah, yeah. 
Not, but, but it's true, dude. I do. I, I, uh, I get all my news. I get the majority of my news comes from people like you, independent reporters. I don't like mainstream media that they, they have a spin on it. You don't put a spin on it. You really just post a video. Here's this. And it's a fact. It's a fact based post. It's not an opinion based post. You know, here's a video of this guy being robbed or assaulted. And, you know, and I think that's why you have such a big following, dude. Like, honestly, that's right. what that is. That's real reporting. Like, I don't believe in putting a spin on shit, right? Uh, they, look, I, I post a video. I post what's going on in that one, whatever, one minute, 20 minute, 20 second clip. And that's it. There's no need for me to add my own bullshit to stuff, you know? And that's yeah. what a lot of these reporters do today. They want to add their own bullshit. No, absolutely. They put a spin on a video that none of us have facts on, right? This yeah. is the video. This guy, you'll, you'll put a, a video of, oh, this, these three guys punched this guy. You don't say the onset of it. Oh, maybe at some point you'll put in, oh, it was reported to me that this happened, but I don't know, you know? So, I mean, I, and again, I think that's really what it is, but you do have a lot of videos that mainstream doesn't have, right? Like a lot of your stuff, you're out there, you're out in the street every day in New York city. Um, You're running around and then you have tons of people sending you stuff too. I'm sure. Um, I'm I'm on the streets. I have no problem going into places where most reporters don't want to go. Uh, and I do have a lot of people that send me stuff because they know I'm going to do the right thing with them. So just, I, look, I just want to know, like you said before, I just want to know what the truth is, right? My, my thing is finding out what's real, what's not real. During a lot of these lockdowns, a lot of the stories we, we, we've seen on TV were kind of like not too true or twisted a little bit. I, I remember uh, me going to Washington Square Park during the lockdown and the park was packed. People were hanging out outside and, and the news made like like the whole like all of New York was dead, but there was these small pockets of people that would hang out, and they're still alive. So, I don't look. No. Yeah. COVID is real. It is one hundred percent real. Did they inflate it? Yeah. Did people die from it? Absolutely. I know people that died from it. But sometimes they'll use fear tactics on us to try to make us, you know, submit. Right? How do you get someone? You you keep them scared. Right. And my thing is, is not to keep people scared. It's, it's to show them the truth. You know, that's that's what I believe. in. No, absolutely. I mean, and that's that's another thing that you did. Right. That's real. I, is, is that how you really blew up? Is that how you got such a big following? Was it during COVID? Uh, uh, like you actually reporting on it when other people weren't like the I, protests? I, I, I was reporting first. I just went out with my camera phone filming shit for my own fun. Right. Just to see what's going on. I want to see what was going on. And then uh, the Black Lives Matter uh, protest started. And again, I was curious. I wanted to see what was what, what's real, what's not real. And I started blowing up because of that in the beginning, right? Because I was in the middle of the riots. I, I was filming stuff. I was getting my hands dirty. I would get hit. I would get gates thrown at me. I would get maced at me. And that's how, that's how I started was the Black Lives Matter uh, uh, of, of protests and riots and, and then I just started getting to know more and more people and, and that's how I really started blowing up you know I, I put my ass on the line and, and I put myself in danger every day going out and I wasn't scared to like pull out a camera when shit's going crazy you know people have pictures of me smoking a cigarette when when gates are flying over my head and I'm just like yeah whatever bro and I'm telling people like this guy's a fucking maniac so I, I just want I, I, I'm an adrenaline junkie right I enjoy the adrenaline I enjoy seeing crazy shit and I enjoy going places where most people don't want to go or scared to go, you know, and and that's what really started me, you know, 
that's where all the mainstream started stealing all my footage was, was from the Black Lives Matter stuff. And then uh, the anti-mandate stuff, you know, the vaccine mandates. So that, that, I really blew up what took it an extra not up, notch up was the vaccine mandates. Because everything I was touching was, was getting millions of views on. I mean, millions and millions of views on it. So that's where I really blew up even more, you know. And then, like anything, you blow up too much, you, you have a lot of jealousy, right? Anytime you get bigger than someone else and you got the evil eye at you, they come at you, though, right? They come at you hard. Of course. Which I'm all right with it because they're giving me free promotions. I'm all right with that. You listen, you need those people. That's it. Yeah. You need those people in every aspect of your life, whatever yeah. it is. I don't I don't hate anybody. If anyone's gonna spend the time to hate on me, that's fine. You know, even the people that I'm a huge critic of, I don't hate them. You know what I mean? I just I just I'm a critic. Like that's it. This is my opinion on it. I'll have an honest conversation. You come over to my house, we have a cup of coffee. I don't hate you. You know what I mean? The people that are gonna hate you, use them to elevate you. That's it. Of course, of course. You know people out there. You know, so uh but let's talk about that a little bit, right? Normally, I have cops come on here. I have retired yeah. cops come on here. I go into how they grew up. You're, like, you're out there in the street, dude, just like a cop, just like a regular New Yorker, like like a real old school New Yorker, not not this little soft, you know, I came from Ohio. I moved here four years ago, and now I'm <laughs> saying I'm from Brooklyn. Like, you're really born, raised in Brooklyn. You know, you have, you have immigrant parents. Uh, like, how did you grow up? Where, like, how, where and how did you grow up? I grew up in Brooklyn, in the Midwood area of Brooklyn. Uh, Midwood is a little, was a little different back. I'm 44, so Midwood was a little different back then. We had all the Italian gangsters owning the, the delis and the bakeries and the, the cafe shops. And then you had the religious Jews doing their thing on one side of the block. And then you had the, the black people doing their thing on the other side of the block. So pretty diverse. I grew up pretty diverse in New York. Uh, I seen a lot of shit growing up. Even when I was a kid, I was I was a maniac. wasn't scared to go anywhere. Always hung out with a lot large group of people, and then sometimes we hung out with a small group of people and just ran the streets and, and sometimes caused problems. Sometimes not caused problems, you know. Uh, just like a regular Brooklyn kid, you know. Yeah, yeah. And uh, how was school? Like school? What you what you do? Did you did you were you a good good student? Not a good student? Like how was school for you? I, I was a good student in school. I had I went to Mark Twain Junior High School. Um, oh, I got accepted there, but I didn't go. I got accepted, but I didn't go. Two, two talents, uh, science and art. But I, like I said, I was I was a wild kid growing up. But my mom was single. She was raising three kids on her own. Father was hardly ever around. Only Jewish kid in school, right? I was a pretty yeah. big kid back then. Always fighting, always fighting, defending myself, being a tough kid. And most of the time winning when I was fighting, unless I got jumped. And... Uh, School ended at the age of ninth grade with a GED. Yeah. And then I had to go to work. You know, my, my mom couldn't support it. We had to get up and, and do shit, right? And, and yeah. started working at a very young age, trying to support myself, helping out my mom and everything. So, so uh, just being a kid in Brooklyn, like, you know, you, you, you go through school quick. You know, you, you start working at a young age, like I did too. I, you know, I, I went right into making money more than I did school. What were your perceptions of the police at the time? You were a kid, like teenage years, running around, hanging out. Like, what was, like, how was, you know, Brooklyn at that time? For me, I was always getting my balls busted. Like, that's how I felt. I, like, we would be hanging out in the park, playing basketball. The light would, you know, the lights would, uh, the sun would creep down a little bit. They'd rush in and give us summonses, whatever, anything. And we're always getting bothered. Like, how I felt that we were getting bothered. But, like, what was your... 
it was hit or miss. We had, like I said, we had good, cool cops, and we had cops that were scumbags. Yeah. That's bottomless. Like today, we have good cops, and we have cops that are scumbags. Back then, cops really didn't bother us back then. They did once in a while. We get guns pulled on us once in a blue moon. Back in the day, the cops used to drive any any kind of vehicle. They remember jump hanging out on the corner, drinking beer at the Chinese shop. All of a sudden, we see a bunch of cops pop out of a pickup truck, pointing guns at us, searching us down. We used to get our ass kicked once in a while by the cops back then, the 90s, late 80s. You know, it, the cops were a little different. They were more rougher and aggressive. Like I said, some would cool me and then some were just assholes, you know. But we dealt with that. We used to throw eggs at the asshole cops on, on Halloween. I remember Halloween, we had this one cop. His name was Hull, Officer Hull from the 66th Precinct. He was cool, but he was also a scumbag at the same time. So I remember Halloween, we're all hanging out. He's telling us, stop throwing eggs, stop throwing eggs. And, and as Brooklyn punks, what do you do? You tell a bunch, you tell 30, 40 kids, stop throwing eggs. <laughs> you know what's going to happen, you know? And, They're going and up on the roof, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So he he was cool with us. We had a good relationship with the guy. We fucked with him. He fucked with us. So it was like a, a mutual agreement, you know? You fuck with us one day, we fuck with you one day. But at the end of the day, I remember him coming over to my house, drinking coffee with me when I was a kid trying to like teach me new ways of living life. So yeah. like I said, some cops were cool. And some cops were just, just like today. Some cops are school and some cops are scumbags, right? Did I like the cops back then? Probably not because I was a troublemaker and any kind of troublemaker does not like the cops, but we had a mutual uh, respect, you know? Yeah. I mean, I, I, I you know, my opinion in, in growing up in New York at all is like, Everybody was rough, right? Like, if I was hanging out drinking and it wasn't the cops and it was the guy, the sanitation worker down the block, he might fucking smack his shit out of me if I pissed him off, right? Like, you know, it was a a different time frame. So definitely, like, the cops were were rougher because the average person was rougher in New York. You know, like, it was, it's just, you know, like, I'm, I'm in Florida now, you know, I... There's a lot of soft people here, different, you know, grew up a lot differently, uh, had a lot less worries than we did as children, had a lot less stuff to deal with, you know, Um, which is good, which I'm not knocking them at all. But, you know, and then I think when we got that influx of all of these transplants into New York, they don't like they think that New York is is the the what they they stepped into in like the 2000s in the mid 2000s where it's. You know, it was a safe environment. It was almost like a bubbled environment where you could walk around and not worried about all this confrontation unless you're you're messing around. You know, you're smoking pot, you're drinking, you're doing whatever. Then the cops are going to bother you. Absolutely. Um, at that time. Now you could smoke and drink. Oh, look, back, yeah. <laughs> I, back, look, back then, it, growing up the way I grew up, I don't wish any kid should grow up that way. Right. I knew people that were getting shot in front of me. I seen guys that that. One gangster guy, rest in peace, his name was Billy. He uh, he owned a deli on my block, right? Down the block from me. He he got shot and killed, right? Uh, we've seen a lot of things that normal kids should not see. Put it this way, right? We dealt with a lot of situations. I remember growing up in the mob days. That's the, that's, those are the days I grew up with a mob controlled everything. The, the cops are working for the mob, the whole nine yards. So that's not, that's not a way someone should grow up. And, and I think it's better these kids are growing up in Florida the way they've grown up now. They don't have to see that shit, right? They don't, they don't understand what it is to wake up one day and hearing your friend got shot in the head during a mob, right? Or your friend's father was killed because uh, of a mob, right? Or your friend's father got stabbed in the throat, right? Those are not things kids should be seeing or hearing. Yeah, so. yeah. 
fights in the schoolyard who ends up yeah, dead yeah, yeah. At, at, at eight o'clock at, at, when I was eight years old, uh, late August, Yusef Hawkins gets killed around the block from me while I'm out on my stoop that night. I'm eight years old. I'm in my house for two weeks after that, throwing up PTSD, all that, right? Like all that, like, you know, and I look at my daughters now, my older one's 10 and my little one's nine. And I'm like, you know, they have like, they, you know, they're so innocent. And I'm like, wow, I really lost my innocence so much younger than they did, you know? Cause I even think about like, oh, what movies, like, should they watch this movie or shouldn't they watch this movie? And then I'm like, I seen someone dead at eight years old. Like I seen someone murdered, like murder, like, you know, like it's, it's, it's so, and, and, you know, I want to protect them. And I think that we should, I think now that we're adults, we should be protecting the innocence of everybody, you know? Um, well, growing up as a kid, I was like, at the age of 10, 11, we were going out drinking, you know, all the kids from the block would hang out. We get together, we drink, we party age of 12, we we're smoking pot. Yep. You know, so I don't think a 10 year old and 12 year old should be smoking weed and drinking, running the streets of Brooklyn. That's not the right way to grow up, especially when you get older and you see that shit and just like, wait a second. Nah, I don't think I want, I want my family growing up this way. No. Yeah, I, I agree. But but there's a fine line, like like being a dad. Like I, I always think about the things I could do at 10 years old. I could go ride the train, ride a bus. Now, I'm not saying this was the smartest thing and that my, you know, my parents were, were right for letting me do all these things, go to go to Caesars Bay Bazaar and do all these things. <sighs> and like, I don't know that my kids could get on a bus and I don't even know if they even know how to get on a bus or how to get on a train or how to map out where they were going. So like, I, you know, there's good in it and there's bad in it, um, you know. Right now, I, I feel like a helicopter parent and I want to I wanna get to where I make my children more independent, you know, the way I was, but the way I, you know, because it, it transitioned through me through life and I'm sure it did through you, right? Like, know. you know, it, it has its benefits and it's, and it's bad, but. Uh, well, you know what's going on before it goes on, bro. Since growing up the way we grew up in New York City, we see shit before the average person sees stuff, right? It's, it's that, that spider sense we get from the streets, right? And you can't learn that in school. There's no, no way you can learn that shit in school. Look, I see stuff and I tell people this is going to, and they look at me like, oh, this guy's crazy. And then two seconds later, it happens. Like, how the fuck does guy know? Yeah, no, and that's, uh, honestly, that's why I was a good cop. Like, I would work with these kids from Long Island and I'd be like, yo, watch that dude right there. Watch him, watch him right there. And they would be like, how the fuck did you know? And I'm like, I, I grew up, I hung out in the parks. Like, I've seen this shit a million times. Like, it's not, <laughs> you know, it's not... You know, it's so not, it's, it's not not it's not look, it's not normal for a, a kid to see. Put it this way. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, it's not. You know, and uh, but but with that, you know, we're, we're New York people. We you know, we think around things. Right. Like me and you have had discussions offline. Right. And and I present my opinion to you and you're like, hey, look at it from here. And I'm like, well, I'm looking at it from here. Right. Yeah. And that's like we learn that from the way we are where most people didn't. They just see something and that, oh, that's it. That's how it is. We're thinking around around it constantly, you know. Well, people are one sided these days. They can look. Uh, I can agree with some things the Democrats do. I can agree with some things the Republicans do. I'm not all for one and one for all. You know, that's that's not my way. You know, yes, that's not my way. Like like I said, people have to look. If you don't agree with everything a party says, they want to eat you alive. Like how dare him not agree with this one subject? He agreed with us and all this other. They'll eat you up. These days, that's the way it is. These days. Yeah, you know, absolutely. now it's just like, look, I don't agree with everything you motherfuckers are doing. Like, I can't tell you. Yeah. You know, Yeah. but uh, 
we need to look at things. I'd grown up and, and this way we grew up, it's not one Saturday anymore. You have to you have to look at all sides. Yeah, yeah. Or else it's tribalism, you know. It's it's uh you know, it's not uh it's not good. But so you're a Brooklyn kid, you go to work early. What's what's your first job and what are you thinking you're gonna do? Like what's your your aspirations at that point? I just didn't know. My first job I think was selling weed. Or, yeah. or, 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 or legal job was, was at a beeper store, Fulton Avenue. Beeper, baby. <laughs> selling Fulton beepers? A- yeah, yeah, selling beepers, Fulton Avenue. You probably yep. remember the Fulton Mall back in the days, mm-hmm. in the early 90s. There was a little wild spider place over there. I, Absolutely. I would, I would go, uh, that was like murder, murder central over there, robbery central. And I remember as, as a, I don't know, 15-year-old kid taking beepers from store to store, dropped them off, worked for this beeper company. And back then it was just all right. Let's let's make some money and save it and give something to mom and buy some weed and you know drink and hang out with the Jamaicans on the corner, you know smoking weed with them. Uh, didn't make a lot of money, but it was something to hold me over, you know. Yeah, yeah. And and just to get to the next weekend, right? Yeah. Party, right? Much, with, were you a club kid at all? Because I was I was always I was going out from the time I was like 16, 17. I was always yeah, out. Yeah, yeah. I was a big uh, limelight guy, Twilo, yep. uh, Roxy, Sound Factory, Tunnel, Tunnel. Yeah. Palladium. <laughs> yeah, I, was, yeah. I was actually a club promoter for a long time. Yeah. yeah. So, you, so you were like the rest of us. You had no yeah. clue what the hell you were going to do. No, we <laughs> were just, just hanging out. Hang out. <laughs> hang out try to pick weekend. up as many girls as we can, pop yeah. see and chill out and drink. No, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. All right. So, all right, that's fair. So, I read an article on you. Yeah. Which you one? Refer, <laughs> you're, oh, one of the ones I read. You're referred to as the Kratom Kingpin. Yeah. So, I read the article, and basically, it, from what I'm gathering is that you're helping people get off of drugs. Yeah. By using this substance, Kratom. Can you yeah. just explain how you got into that? And yes. what the fuck is Kratom? Because sure. I just, because after I read it, after I read it, I seen a, 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 I was driving here in Florida and I seen a store. It was like a CBD smoke shop and it yeah, had yeah. Kratom huge on it. And I was like, holy shit, I'd never seen that before. Yeah. Um, so if you could just get into that. So I'll just. Sure. Just... How I got into it is, is after a while, I, I don't know, about 19, 2000, 2009. 2008, I decided to go. I used to own nightclubs before that. I got out of the nightclub business. And then I went to school to become a recovery coach, which is like a drug counselor. And I got my certification. And then uh, during one of my courses, the, the, the professor told us, if your client wants natural medicine for them, uh, find it for them. And I don't know, something stuck in my head, something clicked. And then I just started Googling natural remedies for opioid addiction, right? And... Uh, I found Kratom and, and I read up on it, right? And I'm like, what is this shit? You know, and I didn't know. I just, well, let's see what this shit is. And I bought, I guess, like $80 worth. And what I did is I did uh, a test run and I gave it all out for free, right? I gave this herb out for free and I, I gave it to people who were having opioid issues, opioid withdrawal symptoms, uh, heroin withdrawal symptoms, uh, roxy, oxy, all that crap. And I said, look, I'm going to give you this stuff for free. You know, just let me know what you think about it. Let me know if it helps you. Uh, and then I started getting these letters back to my house and emails telling me, thank God you saved my life. 
my son was a heroin addict. He's up and running around now. I have arthritis pain and joint pain. I was on oxys and I take your Kratom and I'm better now. And my mind was, was bad. I'm like, what the fuck is this shit? You know, and already at that position, I was ready in the drug counseling business, right? Got it. And I looked at it and I said, all right, I think this might work. Sent out another batch for free. And then I said, all right, more letters coming in about how I helped them. And I said, all right, this, this is what I'm going to do for a while. Right. And I got, I dived right in little by little. I was buying $100 and $200 worth and $300 worth. And I was saving. I kept buying more and more and more. And what Kratom is, it's a natural herb. There's, there's no, it's no chemicals. It's a leaf grown in, grown in Southeast Indonesia, Asia, Thailand. And what it does is uh, someone with an opioid act, number one reason why they don't stop opioids is because the withdrawal symptoms are horrible, right? That's the number one reason they don't stop opioids, heroin, any of that stuff. This will take away 80% of the withdrawal symptoms, right? 80% of the withdrawal symptoms. And that's, that's amazing. It's a little controversial because anytime you go against big pharma, it's going to be controversial, right? They, look, but we're already, this, they're telling the, the big pharma saying me and you are spreading diseases. We're already found out you're still spreading it with the vaccine or not, right? So they'll demonize you for it, right? In reality, there's people, thousands of people that know who I am that actually thanked me for saving their lives. And they said, if it wasn't for you, we'd be dead. So these things work. There's natural medicines out there that work that save people's lives. But again, we have big pharma. And big pharma is, an, is, there's a lot of good things in big pharma, right? There's a lot of medicines that save people's lives in big pharma, but there's a lot of medicines that kill people, right? The opioid epidemic was started because of big pharma, right? Big pharma was sending these doctors out on paid vacations, telling them oxycodone was safe. Oxycodone was never safe. They knew exactly what it was, but they wanted to get people hooked on it so they made their money, right? And I found this herb kratom that will save people's lives from this big pharma shit, right? No, absolutely. No, listen, just to paint a picture for everybody, 2009 is probably the height of the opioid epidemic. It's something that I dealt with. I was, uh, I was, in, I was doing anti-crime at the time, and uh, I was in a predominantly Italian neighborhood in, a, in an upper middle class neighborhood. And we were getting a rash of burglaries, car break-ins, assaults, robberies, uh, drug deals gone bad. All this stuff and everybody that I arrested at that time were kids who grew up like I did. Same way. Hung out in the park, drank, smoked weed, um, just like me. But then this little pill came mm-hmm. called Oxycontin. And these kids, they get addicted. They take Oxycontins um, and it's highly addictive. Mm-hmm. Uh, next thing they know, they eat in five, ten a day. And they can't afford the habit anymore. They had kids selling these for $50 a pop, $25 a pop. You had kids with offshore bank accounts in, in, in the Cayman Islands and all these other places. And these kids would revert. Now, these are these are upper middle class, poor, everyone. These are just normal New York City kids that would have went on and, and moved on through life. Now they're sniffing heroin. They're shooting heroin because heroin's $5 a bag instead of $25 a pill. And every kid that I arrested reminded me of me and my friends and about three hours having them into the cell, I would have to bring them to a hospital because they would start having convulsions. They would foam at the mouth. They would start having convulsions. And basically they would, they were, they were either brought in for drug treatment or they would be revived. Some kids, a lot of kids died. 
A lot of kids that I dealt with that I liked that were good kids, they died. A lot of them died. The kids that lived, they went on to, they were getting prescribed Suboxone. So the Suboxone is another big pharma drug. It's an orange pill. Um, and they that started to get its own black market as well, the Suboxones. And those weren't helping anybody either. So, so you come along and you find this, is this Kratom at the time you find it? Is it illegal? 100% legal. I never dealt, after a while, I never touched anything illegal anymore. So I went the straight and narrow way. And uh, 100% legal, but it was, but what they did to me for Kratom, John, they shut down my bank accounts. They froze my credit card processor. They put me on a blacklist, right? They shut down every social media page I had, right? They shut down all my clients' reviews of me. They shut down my Google My Business. Now, who, did, when you say they, who who are we talking about? Big Pharma. Big Pharma, like you had you had a, so you had a social media presence and all this stuff. I was top kratom vendor of the world three years in a row. Really, and they took all of that down there. So that that was the article kratom kingpin. So you legit, That's, and yeah. and this was all being done through computer. This was all computer, like electronic, all, all online sales. Well, online sales and then some in-person sales, but mostly okay. online. The bulk of my sales came from online. And it's a and it's a natural. So kratom now does is kratom any what addicting? Like is that like suboxone or is it just a oh, fact? Suboxone is highly addictive. I mean, it's harder to get off suboxone than it would heroin or oxycodone. Really, and that's a fact. Yes, it's a fact. It's harder to get off of heroin. Kratom should be used short term. I truly believe Kratom should be used. You use it for the duration of your withdrawal symptoms, which should be a week to two weeks. Can be used for pain treatment, right? People have severe pain. It could be used for that, supplement for an opioid. As far as it being addictive, it, it could actually, uh, it's the, the, the worst that happens from Kratom if you take it for too long is when you stop, you get super tired for a few days, right? So it's like not having your coffee. Uh, if you start messing with the extracts, then you have an issue, right? Extracts, the super concentrated uh, form of, of uh, kratom. So, but you're you're just dealing with the natural remedy, natural, just yeah, trying. Not, and yeah. and how, about how many people would you say that you gave this kratom to? Did it work? And like, what's your success rate? Like, what do you what do you think? If you had to guess, I know you you don't know the exact ninety eight percent. Really, ninety eight percent. Ninety eight percent, and and. It, and the kids that are going on Suboxone are still shooting heroin and still sniffing heroin and, and popping oxys. Yeah, when they um, try to get off the Suboxone, yeah, they're, they're, they're going right back because the, the withdrawal symptoms are horrible from Suboxone. Yeah. No, no, it was, it was, that was a rough time, man. And I really, and I, you know, that was one thing in my career when I, I started to question Big Pharma because I'm like, how is this, how is this possible? My good friend at the time, it was a little bit before everyone knew what oxys were. Mm-hmm. He had a, he was having back issues, and he flies a lot, so he flies around the country for sales. He's big in the mm-hmm. insurance field, and he goes to the doctor and he tells the doctor, "You know, I'm having some back pains, and I'm flying across the world for the next two weeks. I'll be on a plane like every day. You know, could you just give me something to like alleviate my back pain?" The doctor prescribes him 100 oxycons. <laughs> so. He calls me up immediately. He's like, dude, do you know what these Oxycontins are? I'm like, yeah. He goes, bro, I go to the doctor to tell him my fucking back hurts. This guy gives me a hundred of them. 
He goes, I'm not filling the script. He goes, what's going to happen to me if I take a hundred of these? I'm like, you're instantly going to be addicted. You're going to be fucking, I don't know. You're going to be blowing dudes for fucking for, for money <laughs> down the bottom. I like, I'm not even kidding because I, 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 I wasn't even joking because I had locked up so many people at that time. And like, I'm not, I'm not a bad dude. So like, once you get to know me, like, even if I did lock you up, once you get to know me, like you'll start to confide in me and people, a lot of people confided in me when they were normal right before they would go into these convulsions because they would go into the withdrawal symptoms. A lot of them were just normal dudes that had like back surgery or whatever happened and they got addicted to this stuff. And next thing they know, they're homeless on the street. Their wife's like, you're a dirtbag. Their kids don't talk to them. They lost businesses. They lost their job. Um, so that's, you know, that, that was one thing when I was like, this is crazy that, that this is allowed. And there was a doctor on Richmond Avenue in Staten Island at the time. Dude, this guy was open 12 o'clock at night to like four in the morning. And there would just be kids going home all the time and real creepy scumbag. And I'm like, what do I do as, as, as like a, I know something's not right, but what could I do as just a regular, like, you know, I'm an anti-crime cop. Like what, what am I doing? You, they have these kids have a prescription. The bottles made out in their name. There's absolutely nothing I could do. I know that there's something's not right there. I know that those kids are going to get it. It's going to have your name on it. You're going to sell it to me. Uh, you know, you're going to sell it to me for, I'm going to give you 1500 bucks and I'm going to sell them $50 a pill on the side. I know that that's going to happen. There's nothing that I could do as an officer. And, uh, you know, that, that was, that was when I was like, this is, you know, big farmers got a big, big, you know, big reach politically, legally. And, you know, that's, but like you said, they do save people, right? Like I had pneumonia. If it wasn't for that azithromycin, I'd be dead right now. Mm -hmm. I'd be dead. I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have a way to kill that infection. So, you know, that's it. That that's a, that's pretty wild story. So 98% success rate. On 98% the if they stick with it. Yes. If they stick do, do you still help people? Do you still help Absolutely. people? Absolutely. Yeah, it's, I don't, my business is not as big as it used to be. Unfortunately. Uh, I still have a few customers that help me get by right now. Uh, clients that help me get by. I wish it was more busy, but unfortunately it's not after they, they, Big Pharma and their friends pulled the number on me. They destroyed me. They pretty much destroyed my business, drove it to the ground. Uh, at one point, I couldn't even get credit card processing. I couldn't even take a payment online. And I'm all, most of my shit was online. Right? They destroyed. Look, I can. Speak, I broke my leg in about seven places when I was when I was younger. Right, a long time ago, twenty years ago. Right, the doctor had me junked out. Like I would go to this doctor, and he would give me 180, 30 milligram oxycodones. If you look back at it now, and you're just like, wait, this guy was—he was. But they're not doctors; they're drug dealers with licenses. That's what I don't want to call them doctors. That they're—they're they're worse than than some of these these drug dealers on the block. Put it this way, right? Because they know what they're doing. They're not stupid. You can't go have a guy come in with a, with a with a with a backache. And give them 200 rocks of cards. You can't be that fucking stupid. You know what you're doing. There's no, there's no way around it. And regular cops can't do shit about it. It, it had to come up from a higher, from a higher place, like the DEA or, or the FDA, right? And the FDA, we all know, was hand in hand with pharmaceutical companies, right? So, it's too much money involved, John. Just like what's going on today with the vaccine mandate. There's too much money involved, even to touch, even to move it, right? The money they make. We'll never see in a million years, right? The money they make. And with that kind of money, you control shit, right? You control legislators, you control city council, you control the Congress, you control look, 
Big Pharma is the only one that can go to Washington and make laws. They make fucking laws. That suits them. Like, that's like you just killed hundreds and thousands of people because of the opioid epidemic, and you're still making laws? Yeah, absolutely. Something's not right. That, the, dude, the opioid epidemic, I always say, it killed, like, when everyone's like, oh, where are all the men? I'm like, we killed all of them. Yeah. We, we killed all of them with the Oxycons. Mm-hmm. We killed mm-hmm. all of them. Like, that, there was a whole generation of kids younger than me, regular hardworking New York kids that mm-hmm. came from normal families or, or even not normal families, but they would have went on and been something. They would have been cops, mm-hmm. firemen. They would have opened businesses. They would have they went on and grew and, 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 you know, and they would just, they had the same mind frame that we did when we were kids. I want to go hang out with girls, have fun. They don't yeah. really know what they want to do yet. They're still hanging out in the park. Maybe they're a little immature. Both their parents are working or they only come from a single family like you. You know, wait, wait, you know your dad's not around much and your mom's raising you and, you. and you had free room. And most of these kids were not bad kids. Like, I'll tell you right now, they were not bad kids at all. And they just got caught up. And that was, and they're dead. They're gone. They're gone. Whole generation. None of these these people that are addicted to drugs are are bad people. The drugs make them bad people, right? The the way I learned is I dealt dealt with, look, I dealt with with straight up murderers, right? Like guys that did time for murder, right? They would come out of jail. They would get back on the junk. They would turn into maniacs again. And then when you get them better again, they're they're like, sweethearts, like this guy actually killed a person, right? This is what you're thinking, this guy. But you can see what the drugs do to somebody. The drugs will completely tear tear somebody up. Right. It makes them do things they do not want to do. Right. And that's look, I, I seen the good and bad in a lot of people and, and me being a drug counselor and dealing with this freedom situation. I seen a lot of miracles, but I also seen a lot of nightmares and what the drugs do. to people. Right. Oh yeah. Um, that's, you know, like growing up, my older cousin, he, he was a, he was a, he was an IV drug user. He used to use heroin. Um, good looking kid, muscular, popular, charismatic, um, Everything, like any, anything that he, I looked up to him, I emulated him. Yeah. But, uh, you know, I, I watched what happened to him and I saw how he turned from that. And I was young enough. And my parents and my uncle would be like, this is why you don't use drugs. This is why you can never touch that stuff. So I always had a fear of it. I always had a fear of any hard drugs. What would you say to like a young kid? What advice would you give to a young kid to, to, to deter them from to even get started in any of this shit? Like, if you love your life, don't use drugs. If you want to be successful, don't use drugs. That's the best thing I can tell them, or I can show them what, what happened to people. The, the, yeah. Look, I used to do scared straight talk videos, right? When I got hooked on the pills, I, I ended up having to go to detox and all that shit for the pills. And then after that, I started talking to kids. Sometimes I used to scare the shit out of them, right? Sometimes I used to bring the murderer with me and be like, look, this guy fucking murdered this. You want to be in jail cell with this guy? You know, you show a kid a murderer, right? just like, wait a second. They, 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 their mind sometimes says, wait, I don't want to be messing with this shit. Yeah. Sometimes you got to scare them. And then there's other ways you can go about it and be like, look, drugs are going to kill you. Stay away from it, right? Drugs are going to kill you. Look, this guy had everything he wanted in life. He used drugs and it went away, disappeared, right? You got these really big movie stars who have everything. These actresses, these songwriters, these really big celebrities that will destroy the, that destroy their lives because of the drugs. So that, that's like what I want to point out to some of these kids. Like, you use drugs, you're gonna get fucked, right? If you stay away from the drugs, you're not. Gonna, it's very simple, you know. Yeah, no, because I just always felt like you know, it, like 
my cousin lost his life. He winded up with, with AIDS. He infected his wife. He lost his two sons because he gave it to them. All this, all, all like, you know, his life went into shambles, you know, somebody that would have been somebody big, you know. And uh, so that I had like as much as it was it was awful that that happened to him. It was a lesson for me to like and scared me. And I, I just, you know, I appreciate you bringing that out because I, I, you know, I can't really speak from experience with it other than my police experience, which a lot of people look the other way on, especially when I talk to kids that, are, that are, you know, they're street kids like I was. The cop tells me something. I'm like, yeah, whatever. He's a fucking jerk. Off. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? So like that's, you know, and I, I, you know, like I said, I was I was more like I just drank in the park. I drank 40s. I got arrested for smoking weed one time. I wasn't even fucking smoking, but I was <laughs> I got arrested because I was sitting there. I was like, all right, whatever, you know. Um, but you know, like that, because I always had that in my head whenever anyone broke out cocaine or anything like that. Because all these drugs were very accessible to everybody in New York, and I feel like I don't know anymore because I'm not a young kid. But I feel like they still are everywhere. It's got to oh, still they're be. Very, they're very look. You you know what I do, John? I'm on the streets and I see shit. These kids at a very young age, they're 10, 11-year-olds, 12-year-olds, 13-year-olds. They're out there smoking weed already. They're out there drinking. Look, I hear conversations, and, and I hear them saying they're on drugs, right? I, I'm, I, I like covering Washington Square Park. I enjoy yeah. covering because there's always some kind of action there. And you see little kids, like, straight up nodding off on heroin at times. You got this one spot in Washington Square Park, we call it Crack Lane, where it's just one little alley in Washington Square Park where everybody's shooting drugs and doing, it's, it's a horrible picture. It's a horrible, it's, a, it's really horrible to watch. And, and these kids are watching it and they're getting immune to it. There's, like, I don't know if you remember that during Giuliani, the place got a little cleaned up, but after that, it started getting a little worse in New York. During the pandemic, it got even worse. Cops were told not to do anything for drug addicts, but it can't it, it can't be out in the open because kids are going to see this shit, right? And that's what you don't want. The more kids see, the more they're absorbed, and when they absorb shit, the bad shit, they start thinking it's okay to do bad shit. So, like, I see a lot of shit. No, no, absolutely. I mean, that's that's and that's my whole thing. Like when I always say, "Oh, we grow criminals." Like you, yeah. you're just saying, you're growing drug addicts now, right? Like. Yeah. That, that picture in Washington Square Park now, Crack Alley, which was gone, which was, I mean, listen, Washington Square Park, I walked through it even in Giuliani, even at the height of Bloomberg when yeah. we, were, we were locking people up. There was still some craziness going on, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. It's still Washington Square Park, but it was much, it wasn't right in your face and it wasn't right out in the open. You had to be an observant person. I would see a bunch of yuppies sitting around drinking their Starbucks. They had no yeah. idea that there were 17 drug deals made right on the same bench that they were at. You know, yeah, um, yeah. like um, like that was at that time. But what you're saying is, yeah, you're right. To me now, that's hell. We're leading these people down the path to hell. Like, because we're not like, and, and believe me, I don't, I never locked anyone up and was like, oh, this, this piece of shit for drugs. Now, drug dealers, yes. Yeah. Repeated drug dealers, yes. Fuck him. Put yeah. him fucking somewhere because he's They're killing people. He's praying. He's praying on weakness. He's praying on people's insecurities. Um, fuck them. But drug users, most of the time I locked up a drug user and I went to the district attorney and I was like, Hey, can you just get this kid court ordered drug treatment? Do Thank something. You. I would call the parents like, Hey, listen, I'm going to try to get him court ordered drug. It's not, I, I can't really do it, but maybe if you say he has a drug problem too, Thank you know, um, you know, and like I never wanted to throw the book at anybody, but 
I knew what I was doing was scaring other people from doing it, oh, right? And, and, and even being around it or involved in it, like, oh, these guys are going to fucking jump out on us. They're going to get us. I'm going to go even though I'm not using. I just was in the call with this kid. Like, you know what I mean? Like, and so I, I, I did. I took it. I took it personally to want to get people. And I feel like I'll step back now, open drug use in New York City. I feel like that's a pathway to hell. Like we're leading people to like, here you go. Fuck your life up, please. And, Look, it, drug addicts should not be in jail. Drug addicts should be in treatment, right? People that are just using drugs, they should not be in jail. But yeah, it's, it's out of the open job. It's, Look, you, it's still, you walk to Washington Square, people are smoking crack right in front of you. People are walking their, people have, people are walk, walking their kids to the park and you got people smoking crack in front of the kids. That, that's, that's, that's not, that's no good. So, so how do you transition? How, mm-hmm. Not that you transit, not that you ever transition totally. Cause you still, you still help out. You're a drug counselor. You're a New York guy. You care about New York. I know you care about New York yeah. because, and I know you want to do good. And like, you're trying to make, you know, you're trying to make sense in this world. I, I could tell just by things that you do. Cause no, no, no one that didn't care would do the things no, that no. you do. You know what I mean? Nobody that yeah. didn't care would do the things that you do or, or put be in the situations that you put yourself in. How do you, how do you get, create this Leroy press or Leroy Johnson? Like how, how does that happen? Like, how do you just start like becoming an independent journalist? Cause now you're like a full fledged independent journalist. Yeah. I'm a full fledged. I'm, I'm surprised myself too. <laughs> yeah. 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 You are dude. You're, you're up there. Like people know who you are. I listen, I talk to politicians. I talk to people in unions. I talk to, they all know who you are. Yeah. Everybody knows Leroy Press. Politicians like me. I'm, I'm surprised. The politicians like me. They all like me, you know, which I, you know, who doesn't like me? The assholes, right? Yeah. Those are the, the people that are doing the wrong thing. They don't like me. They hate me because they know I see through their bullshit. Yeah. The, the way I started with, with, with the press stuff, like I said, it was the lockdowns a little, really didn't go too far. And then it was like the Black Lives Matter uh, protests, which I wanted to see what was really going on. Uh, and I seen what was going on. It wasn't all riots all the time. Was they yelling and screaming? Yeah, we had yelling and screaming. They were yelling at the cops and everything. People were throwing shit at the cops. Sometimes the cops would beat the shit out of protests. And some of the protesters were throwing. It was a back and forth game. And uh, I just started getting really in-depth. I wanted to learn more and more and more and more. I wanted to learn what's what. And look, I have I made a lot of good friends in that field, you know, in the Black Lives Matter uh, movement some of them are good people some of them are complete fucking maniacs right it's and that's how i got into it bro i just i just wanted to learn i wanted to see the truth what is the truth right because the mainstream media is not going to tell you the truth right i've sold mainstream media footage multiple times and they would completely twist what i sold i'd be like no this didn't happen bro i'm telling you what happened this is my footage and they put something completely different right so that it was my my goal is finding what's what and, what, and who's who. What, what could we really, what's really going on on the streets? And that's how I started, you know. And I don't know if I'm going to be doing this much more. It's a very stressful job, as you know. I get myself in a lot of trouble sometimes. Look, I've been arrested fucking filming. Give a big shout out to Inspector Jerkoff. Uh, what the fuck's his name again? Uh, what's that Jerkoff that, that arrested me? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Okay. Big shout out to Jerko O'Hare, Inspector O'Hare, which no one likes on the police force. 
So, you, but you're legit. Like you have a press pass, everything. Yeah, right? I have my press pass. I have a credential from the mayor's office. Uh, it used to be given from the NYPD. Now the mayor's office in charge of it. Uh, I've been featured in multiple TV shows across the world. I was featured in Chinese TV. I did a whole segment on Chinese and then Russian TV. Like, it's fucking, it's great. It's great. Look, and I and I get to meet really good people like you, right? Yeah. And I get to meet other people like politicians that are doing the right thing. And then I get to meet real assholes and dirtbags that are doing the wrong thing in life, right? It's, it's definitely an experience. It's something I can re- put in a book later on when I'm ready to write. Right. And then what I'm doing now is I'm, I'm working on a documentary uh, about what I've seen these past two years. Right. And I have a lot of footage. I have a lot of insane footage of what I've seen on the street and how New York was during this past two years. And it, it's it's going to be interesting. It's going to be an interesting documentary. You know? I'm not looking. I'll, I didn't even and, know you were doing that. I, I'm, I'll definitely be looking forward to that. Yeah. That, you probably, I probably, did you, did you uh, retire before the Black Lives Matter riots? No, I, re- I just retired. I retired February, uh, February 24th was my last day. Oh, so that you was, retired before, you retired February. before the riots happened or, or after the riots happened? No, February 24th, 2022. Oh, so you were there. I, might, might I just, I, footage. I just popped up. Yeah, I just popped up. I just popped up on social media right after that. That was it. Like, I came on right after I retired. I was like, fuck this. You know, I was reaching out to all, you know, I was, listen, I've always been vocal. Like anybody that knows me, I always weigh in on politics. I always said what I felt to my superiors. I always called my politicians. I was like, I, I'm not afraid to, to say, like, because I, like I said, I don't think I say anything that's ridiculous. I just, want my opinion i could be an idiot i don't think i'm the smartest person alive but like i i'm just like hey i got questions like you like i kind of i got questions like what's what the fuck's up with this like you know um so yeah i might be on that <laughs> so and like i said even that i always i would always love to have these conversations that's why i you know i'm i'm happy that you, you wanted to come on because you know i always want the other view from e- even my friends that aren't cops that i still talk to we have different perspectives on things yeah. And I think that your perspective is just as important as my perspective is because somewhere in the middle of that is the truth, right? Like <laughs> I have my biases, you have your biases. We all have our biases. Um, and that's kind of why I started this too, because I'm like, you know, I, I want to get to know people. I want us to really humanize each other, not just the cop, not just the, everybody, like everybody, like, let's just like, let's get back to that. We're in a fucking group. Like, we're not in a group, man. You're an individual. I need to respect you. I don't give a shit that you hang out with the Black Lives Matter guys, you know, because you hang out with cops, too. Like, you know, exa- you know what I mean? Like, let's just get back to that. And so that's, uh, you know, that that's really I think that's where we should all be headed. Like, you know, that, so Look, that, the, that's going to be interesting. With the Black Lives, they're all not nut jobs like everybody thinks, right? They're just and here's the thing, just because someone says they're from Black Lives Matter doesn't mean they're from global, right? Yeah. There's, there's, there's a global, this is what people don't understand, right? Yeah. It's a global Black Lives Matter, which puts out we want to destroy the nuclear family and most, all this insane shit, right? Yeah. And then there's regular guys that, well, I would call them social justice protesters, right? Where, all right, Black Lives do matter. People think when they hear Black Lives Matter, so oh, only Black Lives Matter and that's it? It doesn't really work that way. It's it's they're just to remind people that yeah, black people, black lives matter, right? Which I, I don't see it being as a wrong wrong thing. And they say also white people matter, also Puerto Ricans, Jewish people, everyone matters. But they wanted to remind people after George Floyd that black lives matter, right? Uh, 
Like I said, no, uh, all of them are not connected to global. It's not what people think. People think someone yells, they're all collected to this Marxist globalism of, of Black Lives Matter. That's robbing people for money. Look, bottom line, we do have some problems with the police department. We all know this. We have cops that do the wrong thing, right? And it's not all of them. It's a very small percentage of them. But unfortunately, what happens is the whole police department gets painted from those few cops, right? Some of these kids want to go out and hold these cops accountable, which I'm all down with. But look, I got fucked by cops before, right? Minding my business, running a, a million dollar company, I got fucked by a cop, right? What they want is, is, and I spoke to these people and I started getting friendly with a lot of them. And, and I met a lot of important people through, through them. They just want accountability for cops that go outside the law, right? The cops that are just beating the fuck out of people for no reason. And we know there's cops out there that do that. We experience that in our lives where cops would just jump out and beat the fuck out of people or set you up or something. And again, it's a very, very small percentage of cops, right? It's not the whole police department, oh, right? And what, and what these some of these kids want is they want accountability. Look, no one's above being held, held accountable, right? I'm not a hell being, you're not a hell, the police department said I'll be accountable. But sometimes we do have cops that, are pretty much fucking assholes, right? And they get away with it. You have everybody that's fucking assholes. I can't hear you. I said, but you have everyone. You hear me? Yeah, I hear I said, but you have everybody that's assholes. Like You know, like like my issue with the whole Black Lives Matter thing is is really falling on the the racism aspect of it. Because, you know, I'm not better than you. And I don't have any step up from anybody and neither did you but but in that movement we're looked at as the evil white man yeah and i'm like i'll tell you right now you're not white and i'm not white i'll tell you right now nobody looks at us as the evil white guy you did not you do not have white privilege yeah i never had white privilege No, I never had privilege. You, you know and like so that that's the issue with that the other issue from a law enforcement perspective though from a law enforcement perspective is like you said yes and I'll agree with you. There were a lot yeah. of bad cops in New York City. There, New York City in the 80s and 90s was corrupt city. Like the mm-hmm. cops were pe- a lot of the cops at that time were corrupt. They were heavy handed. They would smack you over the head with a nightstick and walk away. You'd be fucking bleeding on the thing. You'd have to go. And I've seen it firsthand. I've seen kids get cracked in the face with a nightstick and have to get rushed to the hospital. Not by the cop. The cop just left. I've seen mm-hmm. it with my own eyes happen. And mm-hmm. I've seen, I got flaked myself. Like I just told you, right. Yeah. I never admitted that until now, but yeah, I did. I got yeah. flaked myself. I didn't, I didn't hit that joint, but I got arrested for it. Um, yeah. And I just, I always said, Oh yeah, yeah, I did it because I didn't want to ever sound like a baby or I didn't. Cause I knew the minute I said anything, if I would have said that I would have never got on this job, you know, Oh, I got <laughs> flaked. You know what I mean? Like that, you know, but that's, those are the things that happened back then. I yeah. feel like now none of that's happening and we're oh, seeing we it does. It does. I, I'm not saying that it doesn't. It definitely does. It definitely yeah. does in a small a percentage. Very small percentage. Exactly. I, I worked in, in internal affairs. I've yeah. seen guys take $5 from people. I've seen guys give up their careers for taking 20 bucks. I'm not saying that that doesn't happen, but I'm saying the way that black life matters portrays it is that law enforcement is targeting and going after blacks. When the way I look at it is black lives do matter, like the same way all lives matter. And that's why we should be speaking about the main issues in the black community, which they do not speak on. And that's my issue with them. So I didn't mean to cut you off, but like that. So now they are speaking about it. 
if you if you notice a lot of these older social justice uh, activists are saying we need to stop killing our own people. They are speaking about it. Is there crime in the black community? Absolutely, bro. That, that's not a that's not a that's not a, a mystery. There is a lot of crime in the black community, right? Yeah. That look, you can see by all the crime that's going on, and a lot of these older activists are speaking up and saying. Do they think all cops are bastards? I think it's a phrase. Some of them are scared of cops. Look, I, I hung out with people where during the protest, they would see a cop and they would start shaking. And I'm like, whoa, what the fuck is going on? Here? Chill out. He's not going to kill you. But in their mind, they think all cops are going to kill them. Is it, like I said, and it's a very, very small percentage of cops that are fucked up, right? Me covering the news, I've seen them. I've seen firsthand what's very small percentage of cops can do to people. But the issue is, is, the issue is, is I don't think they're not being held accountable. That's the problem. I don't think, see, like from my perspective and from my perspective, from like me being in on the police force for 18 years, and I should be the first one because I got fucked right at the end of my career. Like I should be the first one to be like, oh yeah, blah, blah, blah. But like really, truly for me, I feel like the NYPD is the most accountable, not to the bullshit, not to, oh, this cop told me to go fuck myself. No, because honestly, you're going to get, you know, and I was, I believe, I believe in, in diffusing a situation, right? And it it depends what it, how it is. And yes, you do have guys, you have cops that roll up and escalate situations Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. because they're fucking stupid. And, 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 and that goes back to recruitment. Right. That goes back to a lot of issues that we're having in New York City. That goes back to bringing people in that never lived in this fucking city. And you're going to tell them, hey, go into a black neighborhood and tell those kids to stop drinking on the corner. Me, I have no problem with it. I could walk into a a park, bunch of kids playing basketball. I'll get their attention. We'll all be cool. We'll talk normal. And I'll walk out of there. I'm not looking to hurt nobody. and, And they're not looking to hurt nobody either. But you get another guy with a different perspective. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think now with the body cameras, with everyone has a cell phone, you know, I don't think you're getting so much of what they're portraying, you know, and I, there is, there is some issue. Look, you got to remember, remember look, the hemp case, right? I showed you my hemp case. Yep. Right. When I got arrested for the hemp, I didn't get arrested. I got set up for the hemp, Right. And it, we put Monaghan on TV too. We got, we got Monaghan lying on TV too. And I, and it's funny because I see Monaghan, uh, you know, like this story because no one likes, I know no one on the police force likes Monaghan. Uh, I see Monaghan, I don't know, a month and a half ago at uh, an NYPD Pfizer event. I, NYPD through Pfizer, which is a complete shit show. I don't even know how that happened. Yeah, after I got forced out of my career yeah. and yeah. after they're fine, they're continuing to fire guys for not taking a shot, an ineffective shot, and yeah. everyone... The guys that did take the shot have gotten COVID three times, and the guys that only got COVID once have still only gotten COVID once. Yeah. But all those guys that only got it once got kicked out, and these guys are still on the job. So the NYPD Police Foundation decides to honor Pfizer. So I'd love to hear the story. Please yeah. tell me about Chief Monaghan. So I see, I see Monaghan walking his ass out, right? I'm over there talking to somebody. I said, is that Monaghan? They're like, yeah. I said, oh, really? I said, I like this guy. I said, let me go speak to him. Pull my press pass out. I say, Monim, how you doing? He sees the press pass. He, he thought he's going to get an interview from me, right? He seemed to lose all happy and shit. He thought he was going to be on TV again. Because he's nobody now. <laughs> yeah, he's nobody. I, yeah. I, I say, uh, Monahem, I say, you remember me? 
goes, no, I said, you lied about me on TV, bro. He goes to me, what are you talking about? I showed him the picture. I said, yeah, you lied about me on TV, bro. He goes to me, uh, well, that's what we got in the report. I said, but the re- we proved that the report was lying. He took off on me. Bro. The motherfucker ran. He took off on me. I couldn't believe it. Not Again, not real people, right? Politicians are not real people. He made himself into a politician, and yeah, that's it, you know? Yeah, he turned himself into a politician. You know, the guy turned around, you know, the guy turned around, demonized 30 years of his career, and mm-hmm. said that police and minor crimes doesn't work. Doesn't keep anybody safe. So, you know, and then, and then, and then, you know, he did the infamous kneel. And, and, you know, I, like, listen, everyone knocked him for that. I, I took it another way. I was like, hey, listen, this guy is just trying to make peace in the city. Mm-hmm. Um, I wasn't a fan of his at all at that point. Um, but, you know, I wasn't a fan of anybody that worked on the Bill de Blasio, really. But, uh, but you know, I was like, oh, you know what? This guy is, is really, he's demeaning himself to try to, to make peace out of it. And I know a lot of cops like fuck him, he kneeled. And a lot of people in the city are like, it's an embarrassment. Yeah. You know, I still said whatever he tried, but like all those guys, you show up at that Pfizer event and he's listening now, you're a bunch of cowards. You're, you're watching good guys that you know of, legit good people getting fired, getting demonized. And not just us, firemen, nurses, teachers, you know, now regular employees in the city accountants workers, like hospital what, workers that worked yeah. throughout the whole pandemic that were we were banging pots and pans for them yeah no it's uh yeah it, it, it's uh, it's crazy man it's nuts dude yeah but yeah, of course he of away. course he ran away because he's a sniveling he coward away. so yeah, yeah, yeah. He, <laughs> he, he ran off on me he couldn't take the truth and he, he really didn't want to hear it from me but, he's, but, he's better than everybody yeah, yeah, but these are the issues, right? These are the issues. Those are, look, the, those, are, those are the kind of issues we're talking about, John. Like I said, it's not... Yeah, absolutely. I, I'm not one of these guys that say, fuck all the police, one cop fucked me. That's like just saying a Jewish guy robbed me, so I'm going to help all... I'm going to hate all the Jews, or a black guy robbed me. Exactly, I'm exactly. Not like that. Look, I but that's my, that's my point, is that, like, that's how Black Lives Matter portrays themselves, is that the cops are racist and they want to kill black people. Like, and I'm like, that's fucking bullshit, you know? I'm like... <laughs> like it's not even close that's not, to the truth. That's not, that's not the case. You know, and, and, you know, and, and, you know, but yeah, there are, there, listen, there are issues in a lot of things with of policing. Like of policing is a definitely, it's an impossible job, dude. I don't know one person. It's like, you know, I don't know one person who could do that job perfectly. I, it's, it's an impossibility. You can, you cannot do it perfectly <laughs> and still be, because you're getting, you know, you're getting the top down message, right? If there's a Republican mayor in and he wants to be tough on crime, you're getting pressure to, to be tough on crime. If there's a Democratic mayor in, his message is we don't want you stopping anybody, but we still want you to be tough on crime. Right. And, and most and most of these cops don't know the law. That's the biggest problem. They know how to follow procedure. They follow procedure. Oh, my sergeant told me this. They don't know the law. That's a big problem. You know, and like you're saying right now, and this is the, the decriminalized. Absolutely. No, yeah. yeah. Listen, your brother got charged with six felonies. So far. Six felonies. Six and, and then and then you get and then you get, you know, you get at the end of the day, it gets dropped and you get your shipment back, right? Yeah. But yeah. cost you well, how X amount of dollars, millions. a lot of money. Millions. Co- cost you millions and and it and it and it slandered you too. Right. Yeah, pretty much. Pretty much. But that's now we're suing. Now we have a nice little lawsuit going on. 
we 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 got we got a good lawyer that's having our case now. And thank God it's hopefully hopefully we'll get a little money out of it and hopefully I'll be done. Hopefully you'll see Leroy Johnson on the beach someplace in Florida chilling. Ah, uh, good, good. Yeah. Pull up. Uh, you get a golf cart just like mine. You pull I up. I get a golf cart like you, and I'll be I'll be racing. <laughs> I'll be passing you a joint, John. I'm like, John, take this joint, smoke. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, this guy's still trying to get – he sends me a message every now trying to get me to smoke weed. I still haven't smoked weed, by the way, even though I retired. You know how many cops I know that retired? You know what the first thing they do? They call me up and say, can you get me a joint? Can you get me a joint? I, you know, I always said I would do it on principle just because I couldn't. Yeah. Um, but I, I really have no desire. You know, I really don't. I just don't. Oh. I did. I did a little man on man on the street interview. Pretty much, I don't know if you know man on the street. When you go into the street and just ask random people questions, yeah, yeah, yeah. About, uh, marijuana. So I did one show, and I think I said it to you. One segment where I went up to people and I said, "Do you think cops should smoke weed?" Most of the people said yes, right? Most of the people said yes. Cops should be allowed to smoke weed when they're not walking, working. <clears throat> and then what I did is I spoke to cops too. Right. And I and I asked him, would you want to smoke weed if they let you? A lot of them said yes. Believe it or not, John, a lot of cops told me yes. They said, yeah, we would love to smoke weed. I, like I again, like I when we go back to pharma, like I don't like the government banning things. So like if you tell me that CBD or maybe even THC, it gets me high. But maybe you, you could give me a medical benefit of it. And there are people that say it helps with anxiety. It helps with stress relief. Mm-hmm. Um, I, you know, I don't think that a job should interfere with that as long as there are no other effects of that. My problem with marijuana, and it, it's, it's kind of a weird thing. It's the same thing that there's no way for me to prove that you're high at work other than your eyes are glassy. And right. right. So, and, and, and my thing is that you could be found guilty of doing something that you didn't do very easily, right? Mm-hmm. So now you smoked weed a week ago and I know it and I don't like you. I'm going to say, I'm going to say Leroy's high. I'm going to get you drug tested and you're going to pop positive. You're going to pop positive for marijuana, even though you're not high. And guess mm-hmm. what? You're going to lose your job. And the yeah. same's true with DWIs. Same's true with DWIs. And that's why I don't think outdoor use of marijuana, you know, now I'm not saying in the woods or something I'm talking or in your backyard, I'm saying on the street in vehicles, you know, because again, my, I could say, oh, he was high. He was driving high DWI to lock you up DWI. You didn't smoke weed. Your car stinks like weed because your girlfriend blew out the car before you got in or some shit. Dude, you submit to that blood test. You're done. You're done. Yeah. You're done. You don't submit to the blood test. Your fucking license is suspended. <laughs> You're still done. <laughs> yeah. Um, and like, so that's my problem with marijuana. Like, we don't have a real way to say that when you use it. Like, oh, he's be, right now. They'll be away. They're working on something. Though. They're working on certain tests. You know, and that's why I wouldn't ever recommend for any cop or or any really employee that your company drug tests. I wouldn't recommend that you you you. You do it. Now, I don't know anyone that died from marijuana. I mean, I'm sure there are cases. I don't really know. Um, but just 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 that, like, that's really my thing. I just see a huge legality with it. But I do, like I said, and I, I responded to your post and I said that 
I think cops, while convalescing, out sick, while convalescing, if their doctor says that it's beneficial to them, yeah, why not? It's a natural remedy, like like the thing we were just talking about, kratom. You know, like during uh, during the um, the lockdowns and all this stuff, I was experiencing a lot of anxiety, and mm. I got, and I never had that in my life, and my blood pressure was spiking, and I never had that either. And you know, it's so funny. My sister, one of my older sisters, I have two older sisters. Um, they, my sister tells me, eat grapefruits, right? And I'm like, why? She goes, because people come in for their blood pressure and we give them blood pressure medication and we tell them don't eat grapefruit. I'm like, why? She goes, because it lowers your blood pressure. Yeah. And I'm like, is that fucked up or what? what <laughs> why wouldn't you just tell someone to eat grapefruit then? Yeah. You know, and she's like, that's, she's like, that's, that's the industry. That's how they are. You of know, course, that's that's what it is. There's no money in grapefruits. It's, if it's you about don't... money. It's about yeah. it's always about money with big pharma. Yeah. Look, I've yeah. been at, at battles with big pharma for a very long time, right? And I proved they were wrong. But they have so much money, you can't beat these people. No, yeah, there's, absolutely. There's no, look, I had cops come to me for I had cops on kratom, right? Cops that were still on the job, right? <clears throat> have some kind of injury. They don't want to take the oxycodone. They don't want to take Siroxy, all that other shit, the Vicodins. And they took Kratom, right? I had firemen, same thing. Firemen customers that will have severe injuries, right? And they're still on the job and they'll take the Kratom, right? Kratom won't get you hot. That's the good part. It'll give you a boost of energy, but that's about it. You know? But look, I, I think plants should be legal as long as it's not hurting anyone, right? Plants should be legal and, and no one should dictate what you should take or not take, as long as it's not hurting you, as long as it's not killing you, right? Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> with the marijuana, I'm sure sooner or later they'll have tests where they can gauge you how much you smoked and when you smoked, right? And the thing is with the marijuana is a lot of people do have injuries and it's it's better to take than, a, than an oxycodone, right? You're going to have people taking these oxycodone, you know, you know if they continue taking it for a while, they're going to get addicted to it, right? Marijuana... Not so much addicted to it, right? It, the most that happens if you stop smoking weed is that you don't sleep, right? You, you won't sleep for a while. You'll be a little anxious. What will happen to you if you stop taking Vicodin or oxycodone is you'll go through severe withdrawal symptoms. Yeah, no. So, I, like I said, I don't, I don't, I don't. I'm not anti marijuana at all, yeah. and and I do agree to a point like that. You should be allowed to do whatever. Like as long as you're not affecting anyone or hurting anyone, yeah. Um, I but I I you know I just now and as I'm older, I'm a father. I worry a lot about my mental state. I have a, a history of of schizophrenia, and uh, I have a, not not me, my it's not me personally, uh, but in my family, yeah. I have I have a I have a history of that and depression and um and. That that scares me because I, I always think like what triggered that in in them, oh, you know, and and I don't know I don't know if it you know I don't know I knew they smoked marijuana I don't know what else they did they were you know my uncles were older than me my cousins were older than me so I'm not really sure what triggered that um but like that scares me you know so like I'm like oh you know I'm in a good mental state why yeah, you, don't, you don't need it you don't need it yeah don't you know so like that's how I feel about it but right? if you're doing next time you're in New York. <laughs> Give me a call. <laughs> I, believe it or not, bro, I hardly smoke. I, I'll smoke. Yeah. I, I'll smoke at nighttime. That's it. That's I smoke to go to sleep. 
Listen, I don't fault anybody. Listen, everybody, listen, you get up every day, you go to work for a living, you're not bothering nobody. I don't fault anybody when anybody does, you know, whatever it is, you know, I, you know, so, uh, I mean, so, you know, we kind of know where you're headed, but like, what's your, what's your overall writing goal as a journalist? Like, what do you, what do you think? Like you're like, you're like, if you had to describe yourself, like what, what, what is your, what is your mission really? What my mission is finding the truth, John. That's my main mission. It's finding what's really going on in the streets. The yeah. way I see me, I don't see me being a journalist for much longer. Yeah. If something yeah. else happens later on, possibly, but I don't see myself doing this much longer. I, I think I'm going to work on a documentary, right? And put everything in, in, in front and put everything on TV and just show people what New Yorkers have been dealing with this past two years, right? I think that's my, my way out. Right. Yeah. I, I do have, thank God I'm, I'm blessed. I don't have to work all the time. I do anyway. Right. But I think that's my last thing is the documentary. And look, it might not be over. Who knows what the fuck could happen? You know, something might drastic might happen. I might have to hit the streets again. We might have to, the streets go on fire again. Yeah, yeah. Riots and, all that shit. and then I'll have to go out again. But, uh, I really see myself just ending it with, with a documentary and just be like, all right, this is Leroy Johnson. This is what he did. Here's the shit you've never seen before, right? Yeah. Here's the insanity you've never seen. And then here's the good parts you've never seen before, right? Because the news, a lot, they focus on the bad parts, right? For me, I want to focus on all parts, the good, the bad, and the right? And, and I, that's what I want to show. That's where I want to end it. Look, I got job offers from big news agencies. I turned it down. I don't want it. I don't want to go work for a big news agency. I, I like being where I am right now, where I have no bosses, have no one telling me what to push. I put out what I want to put out. I, I do what I want to do, right? Uh, do I make as much money as these big reporters? Probably not, right? Probably not even a fraction. Sometimes I don't make money at all doing what I do. Most of the time I don't make money doing what I do, you know, unless, unless a mainstream buys it or someone steals it from me. But uh, like I said, I see myself ending with a documentary, with, you know, just showing what New York was about these past two years. Because, John, this, you got to remember, what we dealt with these past two is history. This will be in history. What we've seen in New York with the pandemic, with the riots, with the, with the protests, with all this shit, that's, we've never seen this before, John. I'm 44. i never seen this in my fucking life. No, just, imagine, yeah. just imagine I have everything on a tiny fucking chip on a phone. Just imagine all that, that history is on a little tiny chip, Right. And I'll tell you the story of what happened. They can see it a hundred years from now. And they're like, wait a sec, who the fuck is this Leroy Johnson guy? How come his tags all over the place? We, he must have seen some shit, you know? And, and that's the way I want to end it. I want to leave a little piece of history of history when I end this shit, you know? I, I, I think right now, this is, the, this is the second coming of the civil rights generation. Like, this is 1964 all over again. You know, this is, this is an, there's an awakening going on you know, against the establishment, really. Like, the, people really are waking up. Like, people are starting to wake up because we're being, we're being herded, you know, and people are realizing, you know, people are realizing, you know, I'm not, it's, it's, it's you know, three years ago, if I would have told you I didn't have cable, it would have been a weird thing, right? But, like, now you talk to people, nobody has cable. Nobody's watching these channels. None of them, no, you know, and, and, 
you know, I'm always on Twitter. I always blast my opinions, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, whatever. And people always smash me, and I always laugh. They're like, oh, yeah, go watch your Fox News. And I'm like, I don't need to fucking watch your Fox News. <laughs> like, you know, and it's like, you know, I'm like, I, it's just my opinion, you know. It's, I'm not saying it's right, you know. Um, but TV and cable will manipulate how you look at things in life, right? Especially yeah. the news. Look, I used to be a big news guy, too. I used to watch the news. I used to wake up, watch the news, Fox, this, that. And I just don't want to see it. Anymore. I don't want to look at it. You know why? Because I live right, and yeah. and I know from where I've been, most of the shit is twisted anyway. You're not going to get the full truth. So why watch something where they're just going to manipulate the way you think, right? Yeah. So the way I look at it is with politics is <clears throat> some politicians use the news as a weapon. That's their steering. That's their that's their herder. That's how they herd you, right? At the end of the day, these politicians are working together. Right, they're all working together and they're 100%. looking at us and they're treating and they're treating us like fools. Right, hundred percent, hundred percent. They're looking at us and like, look at these fucking idiots. Right. Yeah. I spoke to activists. They're seventy-five-year-old activists. Right. They are activists all their lives. They're influential people. You know what they told me? There's no beating the government. They'll never beat them. He goes, "This is a seventy-five." He goes, "The only thing you guys can do is you, especially, is go out and show." what these policies are causing, the, injury, the, the pain it's causing people. It's like, that's your best bet. Because that and a prayer. I said, because you told me you'll never beat these, these, these people. You'll never. No, the, government will out, the, the government will out-tire you and out-tire you, and you'll keep fighting with them until you're 100 years old. And when you're 100 years old, there's another politician looking at you who said, look, I beat you. You're dead now. Yeah. No, no, I agree with you, but I... But steer steer the message, right? Like uh, you're never gonna win fully, but no. if you could steer it, all right. Let's this is all right. Let's not deal with this. Let's just make it a little bit more normal. Let's just yeah. give them this, and that, and that'll be, and and they'll they'll calm down, right? Because that's at the end of the day, and you're right. I don't, I you know, I I always I love the the you know the uh, clowns to the left of me, jokers to the right. Here I am stuck in the middle with you, you know, and that's. That's how I feel. I feel like 95% of us are right in the middle and we're listening to these idiots on both sides and they're all full of shit, yep. you know, and, and that's, that's how I feel. So what, what do you think right now for New York City? Like, what are you seeing? Like, what are your hopes? Anything like anything that you think? Me, I'm, I'm like, I'm at my wit's end with New York City where I feel like it's, and, and obviously because I left, you know, I, I, I had to because I had to, I had to put food on the table. There was no way I could do it and stay there. Uh, so I had to get the, the fuck out of that. But what do you what do you think? Like as far as what's your outlook on New York? I, I still love New York, but I it's my outlook's grim. Like what's yours? I don't like the way it's looking. You know what I I tell you? I don't I don't like New York at this. But it's not the same place I grew up in. It's not the same place where people are happy. People are out. People are miserable. They're not happy. All right. People walk outside like fuck this place. All right. New York is heading in a bad place right now, and it's heading there fast. Even our own Democratic mayor, Eric Adams, said New York is heading in a bad direction, right? He doesn't even know what to do. He doesn't know what to do at this point, right? And I don't see it. If there's not a drastic change, it's not going to get better. Yeah. It's not a drastic change. I don't don't think it's going to get better at all. Yeah, I, yeah, winter's coming, right? And that winter is always a depressing time in New York City, you know? It's fucking cold, it's dark, it's, you know, and now you got crime spiking everywhere. Um, and God knows, like, they, listen, they're still, you know, they're, you know, they're branch COVIDian still, the whole the whole government in, in New York. And, like, 
I really, I really foresee, I foresee lockdowns coming back, masking of kids. And I even see the mandates for the kids. Like that's what I think is going to happen. And I think you're going to get even another migration out of there, which I, is I crazy to think. I don't think we're going to see another lockdown. I personally don't think we're going to see another lockdown. Mandates. I'm hearing through the wire, October, possibly mandates are being going to be ended, but Masks, masks go on and off all the time. We know it's, it's, it's a game they're playing, right? Yeah. Uh, I'm, hope, I'm Like I said, I'm hoping the mandates will, will be lifted for city workers in October. This is what I'm hearing uh, in different businesses. But, like, New York is going to help. It's not the same New York. It, look, if you come from Connecticut, from not Connecticut, from like Wisconsin and come live there, you probably think it's the best place on earth, right? But when you, you, you live in this place, you're probably saying, what the fuck happened in New York? It's not, it's not our home. It's not the same home we grew up in. Right. It's 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 a free for all. Look, like I said, I walk down these my blocks. So I go down King's Highway. People are scared. Store owners are scared. Right. That's not a good way to live. Right. And you got these cops that, like I said before, they don't have no idea what the fuck they do. They're clueless. They're completely clueless. Well, well, they have no listen. They have no training. They have no clear message. They don't even know what the fuck they're doing. Like. I don't even know what the police department's goal is at this point. I don't know what the fuck community policing meant. Because to me, I always community policed. I went to a community council meeting. The people that lived in the community told me what the issues were. We went there. All right, kids are drinking in the park. Kicked all the kids out. Gave them summonses. Get the fuck out of the park. Don't come back here. We sent them three blocks over to the next park, right? Until those people fucking complained. But at least we helped them, right? Like, we helped that... We, we helped the issues that the, the, the members in the community were having, that the old people were having, right? Because the majority of New York, you know, everyone talks about crime, 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 and even the, oh, the high crime rates in black neighborhoods. 90% of those people are not criminals, you know, more than 90%. You know what I mean? They're just people going to work or whatever they're doing. You know, they're elderly, they're retired, they're, you know, and they're living in fucking fear. And, you know, I, I always say, like, anyone that says anything about Oh, we shouldn't stop this and we shouldn't stop that. I'm like, yo, were you ever scared to walk in your house? Did you ever have to go in a fucking hallway and go up three floors and scared every fucking second from the minute you hit the gate in your house to all the way till you got into your house and then you closed the door and locked it and then finally like, oh, God, thank God. And then guess what? You got to relive that again the next morning when you're going to work or you're taking your kids to school. And most people didn't. And I'm like, we got to find a way to alleviate this shit. And to me... Personally, and and I like, I'm not for locking anybody up. On I'm not for bullshit, but I am because if I could, if I could lock you up for bullshit and you spend the night in jail for some nonsense, I don't give a fuck what it was because I told you to leave and I gave you a lawful order and you didn't. Um, and not not because I want to abuse my authority. If we do it in the right way, if we set it out as a community, like you, like you know, we all get together and we're like, listen, this is what we need to do to 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 alleviate that because this is like, it's going, it's getting bad, man. It's getting scary. It is. It is. I, I think, look, I personally think cops, as far as like community policing, I think we should have cops that were born and raised in Brooklyn policing Brooklyn. We shouldn't have cops that were born and raised in Long Island or Connecticut or Wisconsin patrolling Brooklyn. We, we got to have more police that, that know the community. Right. Yeah. Instead of instead of going right out and snapping out on somebody, if if you know that guy and you know him for five, ten years because you've lived in the same neighborhood, you can talk him down rather than mock him up. 
Absolutely. Because right. he, he doesn't want to punch me in the face. No, he knows no. me. He knows my mother. Yeah. Like, right? I know his right. mother, right? Exactly. Like, you know, it's, it's you know, we might not be, oh, he might be like, oh, John's a jerk off. He's a cop now, whatever. Like, yeah. but at least there's something there. Of like, course. we're a community. Of and, course. It's, and it's the same with the schools, right? Like, yeah. you know, everyone, oh, New York City Public School is the best. New York City Public School is the best. I hear this from all his teachers. I'm like, really? Where your kids go to school? Oh, they go to Catholic school. I was like, oh, really? I was like, oh, that's, that's interesting. And and not to knock anybody, but that's 90 fucking 5% of them that kids go to Catholic school. They're not invested. They live in fucking Jersey. You, you know, they're not invested in the community. So, you know, if, if there's anything that I ever agreed with Eric Adams on, it's that. That's exactly it. He's, uh, he hit the nail on the head with that. And I'm not saying that once you shouldn't be able to live elsewhere, but no, you should have been from here. At, at some point and you shouldn't be brought in and you know even the diversity push i have no problem with but you get a guy a lot of guys from other countries that their police are different man their oh, police gosh. are heavy-handed yeah. Yeah. their police they don't take no shit or they have issues with women they have yeah. issues getting told something by a woman Th- these people need to assimilate before they could enforce law Oh, they're bringing in maniacs to the police force right now that don't know anything. They don't know. They don't even know the <laughs> laws of the country. Yeah, exactly. No, one one day I'm, I'm hanging out at one day I'm hanging out. I wasn't. I went to go film some shit, and some protesters, anti mandate protesters, were in front. I think the the precinct in Coney Island was six one. Was it six one? Six one or six zero? Oh, it's either one. The one. It's the one, one by the water is the six zero. Oh, yeah, the one by yeah. uh, Tassie Betty is the six one up there. No, no, six zero. Oh, the six zero. Oh. Six hours uh, by the water, yeah, yeah. Water. That was the so one I'm that went the water in Sandy. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I'm yeah. over there one day, and I'm felt there was somebody who was arrested for some bullshit. Some someone attacked someone because he had an American flag, and the guy pushed the lady off, and the cops locked both of them up. I'm like, what the fuck? What's wrong with these people? So there was protesters outside, and these guys like, come on, let our people out already, right? And it says we're going to start chanting. Cops like, well, I'm going to arrest you for disorderly conduct. I'm sitting there, I'm looking at the cop like, no, you're not. It's not disorderly conduct. And I, I, I pulled out my press. I said, this is not disorderly. Oh, so I go, well, well, we'll lock him up for disturbing the peace. I said, no, you're not. I said, this is not. He did not know the law. Like, I had to teach him. I, when the, when the pro, I said, I said you, you're making a mistake, bro. I said, you'll, you'll, you'll have a problem if you do this. And, and what most of the cops they're bringing in, the newer cops, they have no idea what they're talking about. They don't know the law. Well, they don't know the law and they don't have experienced officers telling them because they're chasing all these guys out, you know, and that's the thing. Like, you know, you need guys like when I came on the police department, I was still a little immature, dude. I was hanging out in the park. Next thing I know, I have a gun on me and they're telling me (laughs) to enforce the law that half of it. I don't know. Right. But I had these older guys that grew up in the neighborhood before me, 10, 15, 20 years prior to me. And they knew that, you know, kid. Smarten the fuck up, blah, 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 This ain't whatever. And, you know, and me being from New York, I had, like, I knew what was bullshit and what wasn't. Oh, these kids are drinking in the park. Like, so, but but really the, the mentorship was there because you had these older guys on patrol that still had the six-shooter on their hip hanging down. And they were, you know, they weren't, they didn't have that, that Rudy Giuliani, let's lock everybody up mentality. They didn't have that. They were like, hey, listen, everybody's good. Let them go on their fucking way. Like, you know what I mean? Like, and, and, and one of the, the, the best lessons I ever was given was never hurt the working man. Mm-hmm. There's plenty of jerk offs out here. Never hurt the working man. 
fucking guy's working for a living. He's I picked up his cell phone. You pick up your cell phone or whatever it may be. There weren't even cell phones at the time. I became a cop, but whatever. Fucking, you know, uh, seatbelt, whatever it is, right? Um, and, and like, that was a great lesson. And I, I had that, but that was because there were older guys there. Now you have the blind leading the blind. Of course. And with, and with no leadership, with no clear message. There's no clear message. What are we doing? One day... Like, uh, you know, and I was, I was talking about this the other day, the, uh, the kid, did you see the video of the Brazilian jiu-jitsu artist, the kid, uh, row the show? He, uh, is a guy walking down the block. I think he's walking down canal and he starts punching people in the face. And, oh yeah. The Asian guy that drops it. Is it Asian? He looked kind of Asian when he threw him to the ground to sit on top of him. And he sat on top of him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like, everyone's like, oh, great job. Great job. And I keep, I keep letting everyone know, Hey, listen, that it is a great job. It's awesome. <laughs> He deployed non-lethal, effective tactics on mm-hmm. that guy. If a New York City cop did that, he's going to jail, he's losing his job, and he's yeah. going to lose his assets too because of the diaphragm bill. You mm-hmm. know, And no one understands that. They're like, what do you mean? I'm like, it's illegal. It's in the law. Just, and they pushed it through. Like, I'm like, this, and, you know, so that's why I really speak out a lot about politics because I just yeah. want people to understand what's going on. You know, um, What's going on today, John, is the good guys getting arrested and the criminals are being let go. That's what's going on today. The good guy, somebody like me, that's a legitimate business owner that's selling hemp, a CBD company is getting arrested, who helps people with cancer, who helps people with drug addicts is getting arrested. And the guy stabbing the guy in the throat, but a guy selling crack or a guy beating up kids, they're getting let go. And that's exactly what's going on today. And it's, look, I'm not the only one saying this, multiple people saying the good guy's getting arrested. And the criminals are being let out on the street to run wild. And nothing happens to them because they can play with the wall. What's your solution? I make you the mayor right now. What do you do? Make it or, or the governor. I don't know. You're not, I don't even give you a title. What's your solution if you could, if you could change? Just enforce the law the right way, right? Put criminals behind jail, right? Or, give, or, or rehabilitate them if you can first. If that doesn't work, then you have to. If they keep doing the same shit, put them in jail. End uh, all the mandates. Day one, mandates ended. Cops can smoke weed. No, I'm joking. End <laughs> 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 all the mandates, first of all, and, and, and see what community wants. Don't just see what one politician wants. Politicians will play games with us. We got to do votes through community for community voting, right? We have to have an app on our phone that we have to vote on, right? If there's a law being passed, we have to vote on it as a community, right? We can't have a bunch of politicians voting on shit because at the end of the day, the unions run the politicians. The unions tell the politicians what to do. We all know this, right? People have to choose from themselves what they want in the community. You know, there's a lot of these laws being passed that most people won't agree with. And if you voted on that in the community, right? Say, like I said, imagine we all had an app on our phone, called New York City government app. This is the bill that we want to push through. Each and every one of us that live in New York can vote on it, yay or nay. Imagine the things that'll change, right? That's what should be done. Should be equal opportunity for everyone, yeah. and I guarantee you, a lot of this shit wouldn't go down. I love it. I, I, dude, my solution to the whole voting thing. Everyone's like, "Oh, this voting is not fair. This is not." Good. I said, "Listen, we all have an ID with the Department of Motor Vehicles, right? Whether you drive or you don't, yeah. right? Like, why can't I just vote through that? I get one vote. That's it. I get one vote. Oh, guess what? When you're dead, the motor vehicle clears your records. But on the, the voter roll, I, I have my mother still on there from 1997, who died in 97. My father, who died in, in 17, right? Like, why are they still popping up on New York City voter rolls? 
you know, it's fucking crazy. So I'm like, that, so that, that, that's a great solution, dude. That, that would be actually us voting on the bill instead of our representative or at least sending it to them so that we know that our representatives full of shit that, Hey, listen, 90% of your people voted against it, but you voted yes. Because that's one of my knocks with my police union is I'll tell you right now. And, and for the members of FDNY, you know, they said they're anti mandate and then they run out and support Holchel right away, right away. When I know for a fact, 90% of the, the fire department does not support her run. They do not want her for her stance on that mandate, you know, and, 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 and for her stance on the children too and crime. Um, so I'm like, that's crazy that their union could just run out and say, Hey, yeah, we're endorsing her. We're giving her your money. And that's what's going on at the political level too, right? You have your city council members and they're voting away on your bill without even you really knowing what you're, yeah, that's brilliant. That's genius, man. Look, so a lot of these bills being passed doesn't make sense. Look, with the mandates, it doesn't make sense to me. You know, I'm the mandate reporter. I'm the guy yeah. that was on the scene since day one reporting on the mandates. I did interviews with cops, firemen, ambulance, hospital workers. You name it, I've done interviews with them. These mandates have destroyed New York, right? Do the vaccines work? I'm sure it works, right? And then sometimes it doesn't work. It's, it's still an experimental drug, right? And we're getting mixed reactions. But the guys, these hospital workers that work through day one, that were, were knocking pots and pans, the cops that were working, the firemen that were working, the EMS workers, the hospital workers that worked throughout the whole pandemic. You just told them get this shot when they just work through the worst part of the pandemic or, or leave, right? That's wrong. That's the strong New York, right? You, 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 that's, low, that's big farmer stronghold and just telling you if you don't take your shot, go after yourself, which is, it's not right what they did. And a lot of people left New York because of that. Look, I remember during the man, when the mandates were, arrest, were for restaurants, I, I was filming people getting arrested trying to order a milkshake. Awful time. Awful time, right? How is that even possible, right? I remember there's still cops. There's, what is it, about 3,000 cops now still don't know they're in limbo. They don't know if they're going yeah, to It's close to that, fire. yeah. Right? So it's still, they're in limbo. Right. With crime spiking, you get rid of all these cops. Nothing makes sense. New York is done. Right. And, and these politicians, they're they're being told what to do from Big Pharma. Big Pharma controls them. The biggest union, the biggest mob in the world is Big Pharma. They buy and control everything. Right. They will. They will. Like I said, look what they did to me multiple times. Look what they did to half the police force. Look what they did to the hospital force. Right. Because a shot. Remember this. Because a fucking shot. Because a drug. They're firing you for that. And they work through the hardest part of the pandemic. Yeah. And I mean, there's not even a clear reasoning why they're being fired. Nope. What, what are these people doing that didn't take the shot as opposed to the people that did? What's the difference between them, right? What's the hardship you're causing New York City? Nobody could answer that question, you know, because sure. and, and, there is no answer to it because the answer is we're all the same. Doesn't matter. Took the shot, not take the shot. You could get it. You could not get it. You could spread it. You could not spread it. Doesn't matter. It's 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 you know none of it makes sense. So what you're saying makes sense. Uh, I don't want to keep you all night. Yeah, uh, for sure, bro. I don't want to keep you all night. I, I got you for an hour. I got you for an hour and forty already. Um, but uh, you know your time, dude. Like what? Anything you want to talk about? Anything we missed? Keep up the good work, John. Keep showing the truth. Keep talking about the truth, especially at 4 a.m. when you start tweeting shit at 4 a.m. 
and like keep expressing what you feel. That's the only way to do, you know, and then tell your followers to hang out, hang in there. Tell your listeners to hang in there. You know, things will hopefully get better. But uh, if you can move out of New York, time to fucking go. If things don't change, I think if, if, if we all just get out while we can, you know, because this is this New York is, is not the same New York. It's not the same place we all grew up at. At least for me, I was born and raised in New York. You know? It changed. Politicians, a lot of politicians don't give a fuck. No one cares anymore. They're all out for themselves. It's no more politicians supposed to be serving us, you know, and, and what they're doing is they're not serving us anymore. You know, so that's all. Listen, I appreciate you taking time out of your day. Again, not getting paid for it. <laughs> you know, it's still serving New York. Listen, I still think we got hope. Hopefully we do, but I really do. I appreciate you coming on. I appreciate you, your support and dude. And, you know, I'm going to keep talking shit on top of your posts. There you go. There you go. There you go. All right, brother. You got it, John. I'll All speak right. to you. Thanks for having me on, bro. God bless. Thank you, brother. You got it. Peace.